Welcome back to another episode of Pewology. This is the show where the people in the pews get to weigh in. So tonight we spent our time talking about transgenderism. Um, and at the very heart of transgenderism is a, dis- is a distinction that's being made between gender and sex. Gender and sex. Do you think gender and sex are two different things? I didn't think so. Like this, today was the first time I heard of that. That it's like a that, separation between it. Shut up! Really, this is the first time. You yeah, this is the first time I heard that it was like a, a distinction between the two. Like uh, I've always thought thought of them as both, like you know, one thing. Just two words meaning yeah, the same meaning thing, the same kind of thing. like interchangeable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just wait till you hear someone say there's no such thing as biological sex. No way. That oh, yeah. happens. Well, I mean, sure. There's. I got. I got a. Uh, I got students uh, who dual enroll from our school over to Valencia, and they've had professors, you know, tell them, "Oh, biological sex is a made-up thing; it's not real." Like, mm-hmm, we don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, well, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Was that a surprise to you? Did you, you've heard that before? Of what? The, that the, the sex and gender are two different things. I'm completely surprised. Really, I'm surprised at that. I'm surprised. Yeah. Have you heard that before? I certainly have. Yeah. And I think it's true for some people. Some people, it's the same thing. For some people, it's not. They look at it differently. Yes. Yeah. No, or they feel differently. They feel differently. Yes. Yeah. And so I have to, feelings are real. Yeah. And we are not here to judge other people's feelings. Okay. You know, one thing I always try to say to people is, please don't shit on others. Yeah. You should do this. You should do that. <laughs> so, you know, feelings are real. So yeah. somebody says to me, I'm really sad because, it, not up to me to say, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. So if yeah. they say to me, you know, I don't really know if I feel like a woman, it's not up to me to say, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Right. What if they say... What if I was talking to you and I said, mm-hmm. well, not only do I feel like a woman, I think I'm a woman mm-hmm. and I want you to call me she. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> You're on board? You're on board with the pronouns? You're like, you'll refer to me as she? and When I can remember, I will. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can what do you think? Well. I don't know. I think I, I struggle with that from the sense of like, of like truth. Like you hear a lot about like people when they say your truth, your yeah. truth. And to me, that's, that's not true. Like yeah. if you're saying, if you're a man. And you say, well, I think I'm a woman or I feel that, I, that I'm a woman. So you have to call me a woman. That is not the truth. Like the truth is not that you're a woman. The truth is that you're a man that feels with or like a woman or thinks that you're a woman, which I'm okay with and I'll love you, whatever. But yeah. to the point that you need other people to participate and validate that for you when it's clearly obviously not the truth, then I have a problem. I, I do struggle with that a little bit. I do struggle with the idea that somehow like – if you're like, like if you feel something, I have to partic- like I I can respect your feelings, yes, but participate with your feelings, right? That's a weird thing, right? Like somehow, like you know, what I mean, it's like I'll respect, like if you want to, you want to dress up like a woman, yeah. Or you wouldn't even have want to have surgery. I I believe we should live in a country where if he wants to have surgery, yeah. it's free. Like adults, for me, I'm like if you if if you want to pay for it. And the taxpayers aren't paying for it. And that's what you want to do with your life and your I think you should have the freedom to do that. I know that's crazy, right? I think you should have the freedom to do what you want to do there, right? May I tell you a story about yeah, sure. Char- Charlene? For many years, I ran a homeless shelter in the Chicago area. And one day, someone rang the bell, and I happened to be the person to answer the door. And it was a man I'd never seen before. And I said, oh, welcome. I'm, I'm glad you found us. He looked pretty upset. And um, I said, you need a place to stay? And he said, yes. And I said, do you have any ID? Because that was mm-hmm. you know, first thing we asked for. And he uh, pulled out his ID and showed it to me, and it was a woman. And I looked at the ID, and I looked at him, and I said, this is you? And he said, yes. 
And this began our odyssey. We had about five or six days of the most difficult days that I've ever had. Yeah. Um, he was from the community. He lived there, and his mother still did. And she had quite a bit of money, and she had paid for his surgery. Now, he did this as an adult, not as a child. But mm. he was convinced that all of his problems would go away if he just, you know. So this is what he did. And, of course, in order to do this, you have to have counseling. Mm. And he did that too. So he went through this, and and life was just going to be perfect, except it wasn't, of course, of, mm. of course. So um, now he was deciding that this was a mistake, and that mm. he wanted to go back to being Charlie rather than Charlene. Mm. But he didn't know who he was, or what he was, or how to behave. And he was just a wreck, cried constantly. Mm. Well, you know, we're in a communal setting. Where am I going to put this person to sleep? Um, you know, he wanted to sleep with the women because he didn't feel safe sleeping with the men. I said, you can't do that. You're presenting yourself as a man here. You're looking mm -hmm. like a man. You're, you know, telling us your name is Charlie. I can't put you in the women's sleeping area. So we finally found a spot for him in the hallway mm -hmm. and gave him a bed out there. Fortunately, our bathrooms were one person, so there was not an issue about somebody having to go in the bathroom with that. But um, constantly on the phone to his mother begging her to take him back so he could live in her house because he couldn't stand it. And mm. so that's what happened after a few days of all these constant phone calls. I have no idea what became of him. But when we learn of the suicide rate, it is no surprise to me. Um I really do believe that these folks have got lots of issues, and it might be at the root of that for many of them is that they are in so-called the wrong body, perhaps. But I think having surgery is such an irrevocable decision. Yeah. Um, I'm not at all convinced that that is a good idea for anyone. I certainly understand that someone might want to live as a different sex, and so if they want to assume that persona – and, and and go in that direction, I certainly, again, that's why I could support that for them because I am I am not here to tell you what you should do. Mm -hmm. I am not. I yeah. am here to just love you as I think Jesus would. So if you want to slap on a wig and heels, all right, you, you know, yeah. you go for it. But I, I just, the surgical thing, I, I just cannot think is a good idea. Yeah. yeah. I think I think there's something to it also, like, like we don't only have to deal with the sin decisions that we make, <laughs> mm -hmm. but we have to deal with the decisions that other people make. And then in this community, it seems like, you know, they're almost like surprised and shocked that there's irate on the other opposite side. But when you have men that are transitioned to being females mm -hmm. and then they're, you know, they go from being mediocre at best in their sport to winning world records and, and that's a good records, point too, yeah. Then how do you not expect parents of, 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 of kids that have worked their entire life on this to feel a certain type of way about it. Yeah, we didn't talk about that tonight. Yeah, that one of the offshoots of transgenderism is is women's sports. There's a lot of people who think there won't be women's sports over a long stretch of time if we don't get this cleared up. Because yeah. right now at the high school level, um, if you it, like, it's a funny thing, right? It evolves pretty quickly. Like I remember four years ago, we were only talking about this at the high school level, really. Right. In, in public mm -hmm. settings, there was one Indian runner that we were talking about, but it wasn't a transgender situation. It was like more of like a like a testosterone like mm -hmm. situation. Now we're talking about it at the college level. Yeah, we're already talking about the Olympic level. Yeah. It just feels like 
if we don't get this solved, there, I mean, there won't be any women's yeah. sports. There was a, <laughs> uh, I think for me, like the one that, because I'm usually, I'm super open to everything. I'm like, yeah, it's cool, it's cool. But I was watching a, a guy that was a Marine that transitioned to be a female and got into MMA. And yeah, and he's fighting a woman. Yeah, brutalized, broke her orbital bone right in her yeah. head, like almost killed her. Yeah. yeah. So when I see stuff like that, like the bone density of a man, for the most part, is very different than that of a female. Yeah, and there's there's no amount of hormones that you can take for stuff. So I think that that's the part where I start saying, look, you you once you like just there is a line somewhere, right? There is where a this, line. this personal yeah. decision has public consequences. And the public at that at some point has to weigh in and go, okay, there's got to be some boundaries here. Right? Like uh, Dave Chappelle said, you know, uh, Dave Chappelle in one of his stand-up, he was talking about, you know, that they gave Chris, what's his name, Chris Jenner? Chris Jenner. Yeah, yeah. Bruce, yeah, they were like, Bruce, Bruce, Jenner. Bruce Jenner, Chris Jenner, mm-hmm. that they gave him Woman of the Year. He goes like, that man never had a period. <laughs> like, he, and then he said, he goes like, where are all the feminists at? When stuff like this happened, because if I was a woman, I'd be furious yeah. when stuff like this happens. And I'm like, that, yeah. Like I get it. Like stuff, like statements like that. Like when you look at it deeper, you're like, I get it. Yeah, I and and and, and to go back to what your thought was, right? There's a line somewhere too with like where I give you, like I I, I give you the the freedom, and I and I give you the space to believe something that may or may not be true. Maybe what the, our current culture would call it your truth. Your which truth. I think it's yeah. It's like your truth. It's like, no, I'm just, I just want to know mm-hmm. it. The truth. But, the truth. <laughs> but whatever. Um, but I think that, the, I think the problem is that it's a slippery slope. Now I have, and this is a true story. I'm not making this up. Now we have pockets all over the United States where this is true. But this year specifically, they were having an issue. Um, we have students here that are at Celebration High School, and they were having an issue with kids coming in as animals. So you got kids coming in who's like, I'm a fox. He's wearing a fox tail and, and, and ears, and he's sitting in his seat on all fours in the classroom. And because technically it falls under the plus, the protected identity status, the, the administration is going, okay, what can we do? What can mm. we do? All these kind of things. So, so you're going, yeah, that's one of the reasons. You're going, wait a minute. Like, like with this don't don't like the don't say gay bill thing that everybody's flipping out about. First of all, like there's a time and a place for for stuff, you know, like to talk about things. Like kids that age should not be hearing about any of that stuff, regardless whether it's heterosexual. You know, yeah. they're too small for that. Why are you freaking out over something like that? You know. Yeah, I thought it was a little. I thought it was a little crazy that we were freaking out about third grade and under. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, there's everything is we've kind of gotten away from the fact that some things are age appropriate, and you don't have to push it down kids. It's, yeah, it's down, funny that there. Is, I guess we go back to that point, right? There is a public consequence at some point, right? Like, if all of a sudden we have, let's say, all of a sudden we have five percent of a high school um, who's acting like animals, like literally, mm-hmm. yeah. they run around on all fours and they're a protected group. Now, I mean, at some point we go. I know that you believe this. Right. And I'm going to honor the fact that if you want to believe that about you, right? But you're not going to make me believe that about you or live as if what you believe is true because that affects all of us. Right? There's a reality here that gets a little a weird. There's got to be a line somewhere. You go to school to learn. <laughs> you don't go there to be like, hey, showing everybody who you're like. You, you need to be in like a homeschool fox group or something. Yeah, exactly like, like that. <laughs> special. That's what people used to do. They used to stay at home with the internet. Now. I'm just, I'm just waiting to where I can identify as a Jedi. 
um, yeah. and just walk well, around in the robes and the lightsaber. <laughs> I don't And mind. Uh, my pronouns can be Master Jedi. I um, think that already exists. Isn't that I'm sure that there is. Yeah, it is, <laughs> is Comic-Con. But it can only happen at Comic-Con. You and George. You and George. I just think that, like, somewhere – you're right. There's a bunch of, like, slippery slope stuff, mm-hmm. whether it's – Women's sports, or whether it's like furries, that's what they call mm-hmm. these people now that want to be animals, furries, or whether it's where you start to go, huh, we gave ground on this, and now look, it, it doesn't get better. It tends to get crazier mm-hmm. and crazier, mm-hmm. right? Does that make sense? Yeah, because people try to push the envelope. Yeah, so you, you kind of understand, like, I, I, I've been saying this a lot lately, I've yeah. said this on other podcasts, you kind of understand these hyper, ultra-conservative people who draw these really hard lines mm-hmm. because they're looking at it not on just the one issue, they're looking at it as like this whole plethora of issues that are coming, and they're like, no, 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 you don't understand. And usually they're about? not and I, and I have yeah. a lot of sympathy as I hear it because I'm kind of like, no, I actually understand. I have a kid who's going to school with a furry, so I get it, right? Like, right. I, I get that he's in class with, like, a rabbit, so. Please tell me he's at least using the bathroom. Please. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But is this for real, though? Like, yes. Yeah, for real. Do these kids have parents? Yeah, I think. Because but, my kids come to me and tell me they're a fox, I'll be like, no, <laughs> yeah, you're not. Here's the point, though, right? Like, you think that's crazy. There are parents putting their kids on puberty blockers and letting them take a life-altering surgery at like 15, 16 years old. That's you know, just, you know that there's a guy, we didn't get the chance to go over it tonight, but there's a guy in Canada that has a 15-year-old daughter. He was arrested because in Canada, it's a protected class and a 16-year-old can make that decision. I think he's 15 or 16 as a girl. Mm-hmm. And the, the mom, you know, she has dinner just for her. The mom, they take her down to whatever the hospital is. The hospital says, well, we're going to put her on puberty blockers, put a stop to this. And then if she wants to transition, we'll let her transition. And the dad said no. And when he wouldn't let the hospital, he mm-hmm. you know, stop, mm-hmm. tried to stop it, they arrested him. Mm-hmm. He's going to court. I mean, we live in a world where, like, you think it's crazy to let your kid be a fox, but, like, you let your kid make a life-altering surgery? Like, It just seems to me like we're, we're like, as a society, we're making, like, your sex gender like the thing the thing and it's getting younger and younger to the point of like that you feel like you gotta have this conversation with these kids who are confused as it is right. and it's super crazy and let's face it like I, I didn't say it out there but I'll say it on here who cares it's just a podcast <laughs> but we I mean you got the school the school of the arts like nobody's saying it out loud I don't, I don't see any like like big movement yet in the county but you talk to any parent from the school of the arts and they're like oh boy it is a, that's a special environment up there. In their hand. Yeah. Yeah, and, so, yeah. and, I, and I think that the, the excuse up to this point is, oh, we got all these artsy, artsy people, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have like a bubble. And I'm like, how much of that is that? And how much of that yeah. is like condition and fad and <laughs> social peer group? Social, 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 social. It's very yeah. different. Like how much of that is because. Artsy people have always been artsy people, you know, but it wasn't like, like it is now. For sure. Like, there's definitely a, a change in the culture mm-hmm. as to what that looks like and, and what that is. Yeah. But I think, I think, um, and this might sound a little um, weird, but I think we have a responsibility as parents, especially for the younger people, to create an avenue where they can have these conversations with us, where they can express themselves and what they feel, and we can guide them, you know, yeah. without judgment, without, you know, yeah. because we can't fix, like, the older 
communities that are struggling with these things. But moving forward, as far as our children and the, you know, the new fabs or whatever you call it, like we have a responsibility as parents to kind of like have this conversation. It's like I feel like a lot of kids can't even talk to their parents about this stuff. No, it's you know, it's. I think you make a really good point. I remember I had a dad call me a couple of years back, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, my daughter just told me she was probably 19, 18. She's like, she just told me she's gay. What I do? Maybe she's a little younger because she went out of high school yet." And I was like, "Calm down." Mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> "I have this theory that women's sexuality is a little more pliable than men's typically." You know <laughs> so I have this. I've always had this like unsounded non-fair, slightly <laughs> biased opinion that, like, women with the wrong push in the wrong direction could go either way. <laughs> but I'm just like, calm down. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, what do you mean? I mean, it's kind of world collapsing. I'm like, bro, if you go have a conversation with her with that attitude, you whatever's happening, you're pushing her further yeah. into what's going on. Not that, not that I'm trying to communicate, like, hey, this isn't real. And this couldn't be a lifelong thing and this couldn't be her sexuality and this couldn't be something that you guys have to navigate. But I'm just saying, bro, calm down, right? Like this – if my kid – I honestly believe if my kid came to me and was like, hey, I think I'm – I would – I honestly believe that I would be able to in the moment prioritize my – them as my child above them as like – only identifying them through their sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think we got to figure that out. As, I think you're right. We got to figure that out as parents. And I think that's part of the problem. The conversations are important too, because Kiara tends to tell us both that we're homophobic sometimes. Yeah. Because that's the first thing that they tell you in school is like, any Your parents are homophobic. Yeah. Well, yeah and, she, and it, she, she uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. She, all the time, she's like, hmm, because I tend to, and I'm, I don't consider myself a conservative person. I really don't. You know, I'm I'm pretty open to love everybody. You know, I I don't discriminate. You know, honestly, sometimes I'm like, but I struggle. I struggle with the gender thing, mm-hmm. with the yeah. 85 genders. Yeah. I, I really do, because <laughs> in my mind, I'm like women and men, like female and male. Like that's like I'm working through it. That's yeah. why I'm not talking a lot because yeah. I want to learn more. Yeah. You know. And, like, I appreciate a gay man who likes another man. And it's like, I'm a man who likes men. I'm like, I got it. I'm down with it. <laughs> I understand. I'm a woman who likes a woman. Great. Yeah. You know? I just don't understand all the other things. It's like a woman that dates a Woman, I'm a woman that's like a man, man that I'm dates a, woman that's a, man a cow that, that, or another dude. Yeah, no, like it's really, like it's really. It's a little bizarre. bit confusing for me. I just don't have the knowledge right. to comment much. But sometimes I say that to her or to the kids in conversation, just and I'm like, I don't know, guys. I feel like this female and male, and, and it's okay if you like a girl. It's okay if you like a guy, but you know, like I can't understand you wanting to be a man as a female to be a man. To transition as a man and then be with another girl. Like, there's still a girl who likes a girl, you know? Like, we have this conversation. But I think, I, I think this, you bring up a good point, which I think where you started, that is a legit problem, which is that right now you have an educational world, mm-hmm. yeah. whether that be high school or college. You have an academic world, you have a political arena sometimes, and you have government officials sometimes who are basically – 
um, created a narrative that's exactly what you said. You're, they're basically creating this. This is crazy. Your parents will not understand this. Yeah. They're against you on this. We're for you on this. And it's, it's driving this wedge, right? Yeah. Between, between families and generations, because there's this assumption that like somehow the generation will never understand your feelings on this. Yeah. So like, you know, we're your new, you know what I'm saying? Whatever safety net. And I think that's extremely dangerous. That's what you're seeing in the, with yeah. this case in Canada and other places. It's like, whoa, dude, this is a 15 year old. This is not the state's child. Exactly. This is that dude's job. Exactly. Right? Now, if that kid gets to 18 and wants to make this decision, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like, hey, this is a really – like that's a bizarre thing for the – think about the state to step in between as a, a parent and a child. As a history teacher and someone who like – I just – I love history and watching and seeing like how societies crumble and being able to see like how the government can just – or a state can just go, yeah. We can we can brainwash an entire generation in this way to and drive a wedge between them and families, mm-hmm. and just watching that throughout all of history. You know, the communists did that best, saying the state is what is is most important. Family doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that communism is coming. I'm not one of those kind of people. But um, doing that whole thing where we're questioning what truth is, and now that we can question what truth is. We can kind of make our own reality and we can manipulate people um, to to follow what we want them to follow through social media, through all these different things. I sound like a weird deep state guy or something, but that's honestly like that kind of what's makes, happening. That makes sense. It, yeah. And it so is last, weird, so last question. Slope. What, what do you do? What do we do? Like play it out. Like play out the scenario. What do we do? Let's say we have a 16-year-old here who says – um, I believe myself to be transgender. I haven't been through what they would call top and those surgeries are called top and bottom surgeries. Mm-hmm. And I think you can figure out the reasons why. Um, I haven't been through surgery yet. Um, I'm thinking about starting hormones, but I'm definitely transgender. I'm, I'm in the wrong body, so to speak. And they're coming here to the church. What is the right response? Like what should happen? Well, we should say welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, that's all. That's Come our on. response. That's yeah. our response. Yeah. That's, that's, I I have a daughter who's a social worker at a grammar school. Okay, and she's been for 20 years doing this, and so this has become an issue now. This is nothing. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, this didn't happen. Right, right, right. She has children in her school that this is what they're saying about themselves and their little children. They're five years old. They're six years old. They're eight years old. And their parents are supporting them and saying, yeah, you know, ever since uh, Joe was a little kid, you know, Josephine, Joe now, um, was always like that. And yeah. they didn't want to be called Josephine and only wanted to be called Joe and only played with the trucks and, 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 and. <laughs> and the parents are supporting that. And so my daughter, in the midst of all of this, is not driving the wedge, but she is saying, how can I help you? What can I do? Yeah. And so she's following the lead of the parents. And for some of these parents, they're posting on Facebook, you know, this is now we want you to call Joe, Joe, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And please help us out by doing this. And so my daughter is supporting that. If the parents were coming to her and saying, oh, my goodness, this is horrible. Would you help us please, you know, uh, tell Josephine that she is Josephine? 
Um, she wouldn't necessarily say to the parents, oh, sure, I'm on board with that, and we'll just tell the kid she's crazy. But she she would not go to the place where she was calling the child Joe and, and all those things. So I think that's important. We do have mm-hmm. to regard the family. Mm-hmm. I think it's very unfortunate that someone would step in and say to the family, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my experience, even when people make, life-changing and altering decisions when they're older, you can't take that back. And I Mm. think it can be a grave mistake. And then what can you do? So again, presenting as whatever sex you feel comfortable with, that's, I think, your own decision. And I'm not here, none of us, I don't think, should be here to tell you how to feel. But boy, oh boy, when you start making those other kinds of choices where you're doing hormones and yeah. and worse than that is that, you know, hormones are one thing. If you stop taking them, maybe. Although if you take them young enough, no, because yeah. that's going to change. Yeah. That's the, that's the crazy thing, too. Like, they say that they, like, they would say I'm a man that feels like, like that I'm in a woman's uh, body or whatever, mm-hmm. vice versa. But to, to I, I think there's, there's, there's deep conversations and love that you should start having because any one of those things, you got to have surgeries. There's mm-hmm. there's drugs that you have to take to try to, like, transform some of your features. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think there's, like, deep conversations that can start from a level of, like, hey, let's talk through this really quick. And, you know, not really quick, but let's really, 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 really talk through this. And I think that that's not happening. Yeah. I think because it's an uncomfortable subject, people just blank it out or parents try to overcompensate and be, like, extra supportive. And they don't give time time. A lot of the things that, you know, there's a case of this of this girl that I always remember, right? She grew up with everybody telling her, you're a lesbian, you're a lesbian, you're a lesbian, because she liked, you know, like she was like a tomboy. She liked yeah. fixing cars with mm-hmm. her dad. A lot of girls stuff. are tomboys. But those, are, those things automatically don't make you a That's lesbian. right. They don't. And now she's married to a guy. And she says, she's like, I'm the one that does the oil changes in my house. We have three kids. <laughs> and he's the one that goes and does, and does the decorating and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know? But like, I think That's that... Awesome. I think that we have completely eliminated that by not talking and automatically trying to label somebody as. Yeah, I think that's reasonable, right? Like, yeah. I think I think even Christians recognize that sexuality, sexual expression specifically exists on some level of a spectrum. I, I still think it's binary, meaning that there are men and there are women. But look, there are masculine women and there are mm-hmm. feminine dudes, right? Manly like, man. we, we don't have to, like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, rocket science to figure yeah, that out, yeah. right? I think the question is, is what do we do with that, yep. right? And transgenderism is embracing the idea that we make these, because of technological advances and surgical advances, we make these surgeries the answer. And I'm thinking, man, that like when is fixing the outside ever fixed the inside? Exactly yeah, right. right? Like, exactly right. And so I, th- I just think that's a really dangerous road we go down. So for me, when, if we had a student here, I'd be saying, hey, let's get you and the family um, – a safe setting here where we can have you're in a safe landing spot. Um, you're going to be encouraged. You're welcomed. You're, mm-hmm. you're held up. We get it. We, we meet it with grace. And then we support you with getting the right kind of like help to navigate this. Right. Not that it may not look, it may end up in this person lives a different lifestyle than we would typically embrace. Right. I get it. We, we live in a broken fallen world, but we get them the kind of help to support, like the conversations, the the, the work throughs, the talk throughs, and and this person's met with grace and mercy. I think we got to figure that out. Like we got to figure out how to do that well. You know, I, just to wrap it up, I've had three. I've, I usually end up three different kind of conversations. If I sit down with somebody 
And I use, I'm usually sitting down with somebody who's heterosexual and sexually sinning in some way. And I think you can figure that out, right? Like use your imaginations. But, mm-hmm. you know, some, some <laughs> of them are overachievers and some of them are underachievers. <laughs> and, and, my, I mean, and ultimately the pastoral advice is the same, right? Like, hey, bro, like I think this is destroying you at some level. I think this is hurting you. I think it's hurting your chances at healthy future relationship. Let's look at the biblical framework. And let's let's get you to a point, right? I've sat down with bisexuals here at the church, and 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 I just ask the simple question. I just say, you know, if it's a guy, I say, hey, are you attracted to women? He goes, yeah, but I'm also attracted to men. I said, can we make a choice that just responds to the biblical framework? Because you're attracted to women, why don't we just pursue that? with everything that we have, even though it might not be the same as a heterosexual or it, it might not be as fulfilling sometimes, let's just pursue it and hope that God blesses us in the process. Yeah. Right. And then if I sit down, and this is where it gets off, this is where people will, there'll be a group that will fry me here, but whatever. I've sat down with homosexuals that have no chance mm-hmm. of being attracted to, to some of the mm-hmm. opposite sex, right? It's not going to happen. Right. I'm in agreement. They're in agreement. I think the Lord knows it. Like, it's not happening this side of heaven, right? And in those situations, I always end up saying, look, you got you got some choices here, right? Um, I don't think you should rule out celibacy. Um, I know that sounds archaic, but I think the, the Bible encourages this. I think that's the biblical framework, and I think there's a blessing with that, and I'd like to talk to you about it. And we go through that whole thing. But I say, listen, if you decide that you just can't do that, that – that this sort of physical and, and intimate connection is going to be something you can't live out and you're going to have to. Then I say, Kim, why don't you make the choice after looking at all of these options and looking at Let's do that in monogamy. Let's talk about what that means for you, right? And we kind of work through that, right? Now, I know that that's, there's a lot of people looking, listening to me right now who's going, God, this pastor is completely off the rails. And I get it. I get it. But I have to deal with the on-the-ground everyday stuff. Absolutely. I don't get to deal with the ethereal mm-hmm. all the time, right? right? I don't get to deal with just hypotheticals and like that, to deal with real people's hearts and feelings. And so at the end of the day, though, I leave them with this. I believe that the biblical framework works best, which means I believe this is your best choice, and I lay out the best choice. And I say, I think this is the blessed life. I don't think it'll be easy. I don't think it'll be, you know, I think there's a lot of pain. That's all, but I think this is the blessed life. And I try to promote that concept, but I try to do it with enough grace that says, hey, listen, you know, I'm not here to guilt you into this life. Either you choose it freely or, you know what I'm saying, you don't. You know what I'm saying? And I think we got to get to that place where we're navigating conversations with enough mercy and grace mm-hmm. like that yeah. um, with this other subject that gives us credibility again. You know what I'm saying? If not, I think we're going to end up – We're gonna. the church is going to sound like the Charlie Brown teacher. Mm-hmm. Wonk, 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 we wonk, are where we're at. <laughs> we are where we're at because of the choices that the church has made. Yeah. As far as like, you know, the way that we're viewed in the world where all these scandals and everything that happens in the church, yet we've made this particular sin like the go to one that we wanna right. like put on the cross. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a bunch of stuff going on and then we're like, Oh no. Like, you know? Yeah. Like you can't tell the difference between and, and I think that, that makes sense. Somebody told me uh one of my coworkers said that to me today. Well, you can't tell the difference between, you know, a safe person and a person that's not safe, like a believer and an unbeliever. And I was like, no. I was like, I, I think that there are hints that, that you can tell. I was like, that we're supposed to still be in the world. But when you look at a person that's going through, like, a bunch of 
you know, the, uh, bad circumstances and the way that they handle them and they still have faith. So that's a sign of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, like as believers, it's always stuns me how we view death where everybody's always like, oh my gosh, you know, but at the end of the world, if you believe what you believe, then you know where you're going. We should handle death different. Yeah. In a different way. Uh, but to that saying, it's like, yeah, we, we should be part of the world, but like it goes both ways. The outside world looks at us and they're like, you're a bunch of hypocrites. Where you you guys can continue sinning, you guys can continue doing everything that you do, but you want to just pick this particular thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we focus too much on like the things that we do, as that's what makes you a Christian, as opposed to what Christ did on the cross. I think we focus a lot on the outward performance, right? Too much, and not show people Christ, and right. then they look at us and go, "Oh, see, they're not performing well, so therefore this Christianity thing is a bunch of crap." Absolutely. So yeah, I get yeah. that. And it's also very difficult to do any of this uh, in a very post-modern world where mm. it's there's no truth anymore. <laughs> um, and that's why they still look at the church as something archaic because we're like, no, 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 the, this is a binary. It's male, and female. I, you know, and that's, I, I think the reason that I, I talk about it the way I do you know, is just because I agree with you. I think we would agree that on the truth issue and mm-hmm. on the ultimate truth issue and on – Absolute truth when it comes to scripture. I think it's a new way of talking about it, though. Meaning that yeah. the way I talk about it is not like, well, the Bible's only, you know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to talk about it like this like, hey, God's the designer of life, and life has been corrupted by sin. But his, his instruction and framework and like inspiration for how life is supposed to work, there's still a blessing that comes with that, even in the brokenness. So let's pursue it, right? Let's pursue what the creator designed. <laughs> And I think when we start putting it in those terms and less terms of like like a true or false test and you've got to be on the side of truth, yeah. I think people start to hear, oh, okay, so this is a God who loves me, who's designed me, and that there's something here for me. Mm-hmm. But I think that takes place over long – it's not like I can have a coffee with a person. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Long conversations. I, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm leaving time. this life and I'm going to do it. It's not what happens. I don't want to give you the impression that somehow that, that ever happens. But I do want to give you the impression that – I think the way we talk about it does matter. Yeah. And I think the way we love on somebody does matter. Amen. You know Amen. Yeah. So I think that's okay. All right. That's as far as we can go for tonight. Thank you guys. Appreciate you. Love you. Meet it first. <laughs>